It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The Oklahoma City Thunder helped push through the James Harden train. Why did Sam Presti get involved in this one? Plus, this game tonight against the Pelicans is a return to the NBA spotlight for Oklahoma City and your mailbag questions on today's show. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by FanDuel. We're diving into the Oklahoma City Thunder, making another trade, pushing through the James Harden trade as a third team, acquiring more draft picks, what's going on with that situation. Plus, we're going to have the interesting game preview of this Pelicans matchup back on national television inside the Paycom Center, which will be a lot of fun, and your mailbag questions. If you want to become a Locked on Thunder insider and get behind-the-scenes tidbits uh, from practices, shoot-arounds, games, and also a direct line to the show, you can do that at subtext.com slash Thunder. I also really appreciate everyone for making us your first listen Every single morning, every single day, we're here for you. Talking Thunder Basketball. Subscribe across all podcasting platforms. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more at FanDuel right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning of the $5 money line. So you can bet on any money line you want to. With the win, you're going to get $150 uh, for your team to win. So go visit fanduelcom slash locked on to get started. We're going to get started with the Thunder getting involved in another trade. And so last night you heard it live on the podcast. Whenever James Harden, the, the news broke that he was heading to the Clippers. He had finally gotten his request granted. It, it was a, it was a trade months in the making that had a, billion different public wars in it uh and james harden once again the the, the best of all time of ever requesting a trade that, that is undisputed the goat of, of trade requests he always lands where he wants to dame lillard loyal to portland forever request one trade he's 0 for 1 james harden is perfect no matter how many bridges he burns some twice he's perfect uh in trade requests so credit to him as the goat of trade requests but he does get to where he wants to go to get him there though uh, there was a huge bridge to gap. So they needed a third team involved. And Oklahoma City got involved as the third team. Pause right there. This is part of why 
There is no such thing as too many picks. I'll continue to use the money analogy. I would love for someone to walk up to you and want to give you a hundred bucks a day. And I would love for you to say no. I'd love for someone to walk up to you and want to give you a hundred thousand dollars a day. And you say no. I'd love for someone to walk up to you and say, want to give you a hundred million dollars a day. And you eventually say, no, I have too much money. And that's not going to happen. And so you're always going to want more money because you can do so much with it. It's better to have money than not have money. It's better to have picks than not have picks. It's not about simply drafting 30 different players. It's about the access and the resources it opens up for you. Same thing with money. It's not about that you can go buy a Lamborghini. It's about what, what doors open for you as you get more money in life. And so with this, you didn't use these picks to, to go draft a, a Kentucky guard. You use these picks to maneuver the NBA waters to, to, allow a trade to go through and you use it to checkmate and kick the can down the road uh, on some more picks. So first of all, just as money can turn into more money, picks can turn into more picks later down the line, whenever you more so want to use them and you can kind of reinvest them and, and get them back. And so that's exactly what the thunder did. They traded 2026 pick to Philadelphia and it's going to be the least favorable of the Clippers thunder and rockets top four protected pick in the 2027. Uh, I'm sorry, in the 26 draft, obviously. And they're going to get back for doing that a 27 Clippers swap. So what they did is they reinvested this 26 pick and kicked it further out to 27 with that Clippers swap. And now it solidifies that they have extra first rounders from 2026 to 2030. And the difference in keeping your core together is exactly that. It's cost-controlled talent and hitting on cost-controlled talent in the first round. Uh, everyone freaks out about how the Thunder are going to keep these four guys together. And, and we're only four games into these four guys playing together. And people are already beating down the door of how can they play together? Who, how are they going to sign? Who are they going to pick to keep? The bottom line is you can keep all four. There's no rule against keeping all four. There is no CBA against keeping all four. And you can look down the road at Denver. We act like Jamal Murray and Nicole Jokic and Michael Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon are playing for peanuts. Like they're a minor league baseball team in Southern Georgia. They're not playing for peanuts, folks. You can go to Spotrack. You can find their contracts. They're not playing for free. Like, but you can keep four guys together. The thing is, you've got to find your Peyton Watson. You've got to find uh, your guys in the draft. Uh, you know, you've got to find those guys like Strawford. You've got to find your cost-controlled talent and how you win on the margins. Your Christian Browns. You've got to find those guys. And that's how you keep a core together while also keeping a very competitive roster that is filled with some depth on it as well. But those guys aren't playing for free. <laughs> those guys are not playing for free. And sure, they, they, they had to let Bruce Brown go walk to Indiana. Uh, you're perfectly fine with that if you're Denver to keep those four together. But to do that, you have to hit on first-round picks. And to hit on first-round picks, you have to have first-round picks. And you're going to need likely more than a couple chances at it because you're bound to miss on a couple first-rounders. So in general, yes, you need these first round picks to pick them, but they also allow you to do other things. The Thunder also now control the Clippers picks in 24, 25 swap, 26, it's a protected pick, 27, it's a swap. So you, you've kind of now checkmated the Clippers into like, this has to work. There's not really another big move the Clippers can go make, even with help from a third team. And you would now control their picks for whenever they do reposition. If there's no real point to reposition, if you're the Clippers, you've got to go all in on this on this squad because you know the, the Thunder own your your picks and, and your future picks. And so it is a it is a high reward, no risk play from Sam Presti. You move a pick down the road, uh, 
the draft like one year down the road in the draft. And, and you just continue to, to uh, amass, of course, assets and valuable assets at that. And you're banking on that 27 Clippers pick being really good. You're banking on the fact that like, huh, you know, the Clippers are building a core that's centered around Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, injury-prone guys, centered around Russell Westbrook and James Harden, uh, aging guys, and then aging core in general when you factor all of them in. In 2027, the Thunder should be better than the Clippers. Like they, they just should be. And so that swap, if nothing else, could benefit you some spots. And that's the difference. How many times have you seen Devin Booker, anyone, where the guy you want goes right before your pick? And if you could have swapped, it would have been a really good deal. So, like, it is a good trade for the Thunder. It's not like earth shattering, but it's just another shining example of you can never have too many picks. You just can't. The Thunder have given away first round picks each of the last two years to Denver. And it was not because they didn't have enough spots to put them. Like, like Denver got Peyton Watson by trading uh, Jermichael Green and a future uh, draft pick 2027, I believe uh, for that 30th overall pick that year. And they got Peyton Watson from it. The Thunder could have drafted someone at 30 and, and used them on this team. Sure, you might have ended the the, the Poku experiment a, a year early. You might have ended the Jeremiah Robinson experience a year early. You know, you might have had to make a move like that, but you really wouldn't have had to do that even, much less uh, anything more dramatic than that. So, like, the Thunder have already begun repositioning picks without running out of roster spots. So you can always reposition this stuff. And again, as you sign this young core, which there's no law against it, uh, but of course they have to be willing to sign. Uh, as you re-sign this young core, the, the basis of, of your team being successful is going to be how you draft in 2026, how you draft in 2027, how you draft in these upcoming years and restart that clock on very cost-controlled but talented players. You look at Casey Wallace. You draft that you draft a version of Casey Wallace who can play right away in 2027 as these guys are hitting their prime and as these guys are ready to compete for championships. That does wonders for you. That's the difference in winning a title. Christian Brown is the difference in winning a title for your young core. Uh, you know, of course, it's all about the core, right? It's all about Murray, Jokic, MPJ, Gordon. Like those are the guys. But Christian Brown, very important in winning that finals last year. So uh, you got to find your guys like that, and to do that, you got to have picks. And so it's better to have more picks than less picks. And then, as the last point, again with these picks, you can simply attach them. They're, they're more than just like picking a college player or an international player. You can attach them to bad contracts and move on from them. You can combine them and trade for a guy if you want to, especially those second round picks. How many times at the deadline do we sit here and we look around and say, how did that good veteran player just go for a couple seconds? You know how many couple second good veterans a Thunder can get at the deadline from now until the end of time? Uh, pretty much all of them, if they wanted to. So uh, the Thunder are in a great spot, and these picks continue to to look really good, and they continue to find ways to make it work uh, with having too many picks. So we'll talk more about uh, the Thunder with their incredibly interesting national television matchup with the New Orleans Pelicans all coming up. I do want to say right now about our good friends over at FanDuel because it is the perfect time to be on FanDuel. I'll tell you why. You should go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. So new customers who go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn will get $150 in bonus bets with any winning of a $5 money line bet. So a money line bet is just who's going to win. So the money line, there's no spread. There's no other gambling knowledge you need. It's just 
who's going to win the basketball game, the football game, whatever sporting event you're betting on, who's going to win? And so what you should do here is, uh, th this is sound advice, what you should do here is just bet on who you are, are almost sure is going to win because it isn't, you know, you just need to win. And then you bet that $5, you're going to get $150 on top of that winning uh, whenever you do it at FanDuel.com slash on for the first time. And it's the perfect time for FanDuel because everything's in action right now. This weekend could be really good if the Rangers do not close it out uh, in Arizona tonight. You could have college football, NFL, NBA basketball all on at the same time with NHL, of course. What a weekend it's setting up to be. And so FanDuel has you covered for all of the sporting action, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Go there right now to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make your $5 Moneyline bet, and you get $150 in bonus bets back on that win. Check it out today. It's the official partner of the NFL and Locked On. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Folks, the Thunder take on the New Orleans Pelicans today, a year to the day of what should have been their first nationally televised game uh, since the 2019-20 season. We're actually going to get it today in the Paycom Center. So they played on national TV last year uh, for the Miami Heat game the, where Eugenio Marie starts and the, the Heat shoot 40 free throws. Uh, it reminds me of uh, the 2006 finals, which was the biggest rigged finals of all time. In my personal record book, Dirk Nowitzki, two championships, uh, Dwayne Wade, subtract one. But I digress. We'll talk about that later. But justice for the 06 Mavs. Now, for the Thunder, they played it in South Beach on national television. They played it in La La Land for LeBron's record-breaking night uh, on national television. They have not played in the compound on national television since the 1920 season. So it would have been last year, November 1st, against Orlando. Chet's injury, they flexed that game out from TNT. It actually ended up being a fantastic game where Shea locked down Franz Wagner uh, at the end, and it really helped the Thunder win that game. That was, it's a great game. But a year later, we're back in the same spot. This time it's actually happening. It's on ESPN tonight uh, on Wednesday, November 1st. What a game this will be. I would keep an eye on the injury report all day long. They update them hourly. But as of right this moment, uh, Kenneth Williams is out with a back injury, back sprain, uh, not sprain, back spasm. Uh, Jay Will is out still with that hamstring injury. Kanthe Johnson is with the G League team. Campus starting media day Thursday for the blue. He's, he's with the G League team. Uh, he, was, he was also inactive on, uh, what was that day? 
Monday with the with the Pistons game. Uh, the Pels are listing B.I. as questionable. And then Jose Alvarado is out. Trey Murphy the third's out. And Najee Marshall's out all with you know, pre- prior injuries for the, for the season. This game is going to be a return to the spotlight for the Thunder. It's going to be the first time that fans get to watch the Thunder, uh, in the case of Bali, some local, but mainly national fans, after hearing all offseason long of like Woj and Bill Simmons and all of their favorite national podcasts hyping up this young Thunder core, talking about how the Thunder are set to take another leap, Reggie Miller putting them in tier one of the West. You have all these predictions of, of how good they're going to be. This is the first time that a large-scale audience will get to watch the Thunder play this year. And for uh, some of them, first time they watch this young core, period. And of course, first time they see, they see Chet Holmgren in the NBA. It'll be on national TV, ESPN, Paycom Center tonight. This is also going to be the first time that Zion will play in OKC in front of fans. He's played in the Paycom Center once before, but it was that season where fans were not allowed to attend. That brings us to what to watch for. So what to watch for? The Thunder handling the size of the Pelicans. And you can look at this like Chet versus Zion, but really it's Zion and, and Valanciunas against the Thunder, who as of this moment don't have Jay Will and Kenneth Williams. Keep an eye on the injury report as we move forward through the day to see how that all shakes out. But if that remains true, how do the Thunder navigate the waters of Zion versus Valanciunas versus the Thunder, where you have J-Dub and Chet, uh, and then you have the ability to put maybe you know Chet and, and Saar lineups together, possibly even Poku lineups together, but Poku has not been good to this year and does not appear to be just ready to play NBA basketball. He doesn't seem ramped up after missing training camp in the preseason, uh, so he seems like he's still getting his sea legs under him. So what did the Thunder do against the size of the Pelicans? Then you got to watch for Herb Jones matching up with SGA. Herb Jones is one of the best defenders in the NBA at defending Shea. I, like He really defend Shea as best you can, as as best you humanly can. And that leads to the question of, will Shea get to the line? Here's the kicker. SGA last year, the year where he explodes at the line, averages you know 10 free throw attempts a game uh, and a 31, per, and 31 point per game score. Last year in four games versus the Pelicans regular season, five free throws, seven free throws, nine free throws, three free throws. He had 38 games last year with double-digit free throw attempts against the Pelicans, zero. So we'll see if he actually does get to the line at at an absurd clip against these Pels. So far, he has not. Uh, And then the Thunder have to deal with CJ and then maybe BI. BI is questionable, but if you got to deal with both of those guys, plus Zion, plus deal with the size advantage, this New Orleans Pelicans team, which is 2-1 right now, is a force to be reckoned with in this game, especially on ESPN. So a lot to look forward to. This should be a fantastic game. Uh, And right now, according to our good friends over at FanDuel, the Thunder are three and a half point favorites with the over-under set at 25 and a half in the Paycom Center. Now we look forward to the upcoming schedule. And these are the first five games for the Thunder this year. So far, the Thunder are three and one. This concludes a really tough five-game stretch where, at worst, the Thunder will go, will go three and two. Now, if you would have looked at this a week ago today, and I told you that the Thunder would go four and I'm sorry, would go three and two, you would have signed on the dotted line immediately because that's a really good outcome when you go on the road to the Bulls, on the road to the, to the Cavs, home with the Nuggets, and then Pistons and Pelicans. 
So the Thunder have kind of secured the ability to at least weather the first five games and, and play, I would say, good basketball the first five games, no matter if they win or lose tonight. If they win this game tonight, though, they have then outpaced where we had them at the beginning of last week. And if you put those weeks together where you continue to outpace expectations, you're going to put together some really successful seasons, obviously, throughout the, throughout the course of the 82-game stretch. So a lot's on the line tonight. It's kind of a full circle moment being on November 1st again for the debut of this core on primetime national television like it was supposed to be a year ago. Uh, a lot's changed in the last year, but this is still going to be a very fun matchup. It's going to be awesome to watch Zion play and, and a treat for the home crowd who has not gotten to see him come to town yet uh, and play basketball. Coming up, we're going to answer your mailbag questions. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Folks, your questions. First one from at Dylan Goforth and Prosper. What are the odds that Chet Holmgren is truly the Thunder's second option? He's so versatile offensively. I think it's very high. I think that Chet Holmgren is already, as a rookie, at the hardest position to adjust to, making a high, high, high impact four games in. I think that he is so skilled, and I think he's the most impactful player tangibly and intangibly with the second most skill on the team. So, like, everything he does is right there at the top of the pecking order behind only Shea. So I think that Chet will, as you progress, be the second option. And that's no knock on Josh Giddey or J-Dub, but Chet is just a different presence and a different player than what they've seen. There's a reason why he was picked second overall and, and arguably on, on some boards where it was the number one prospect in the class. So uh, I think that with Chet Holmgren, you've, you've seen that come true already in just four games. Uh, Brianna asks, will J-Dub's attempts go up? He's a versatile scorer. Would love uh, for him to see, uh, see more action offensively. It's an interesting question. Uh, of course, it's a very small sample size, but so far this year, even with you know, a bit of an offensive clunker in the mix as well, he shot the ball 12 times per game. That's plus two from last year. That's that's a pretty, in, if that stayed steady throughout the course of the season, a plus two increase after the dust settles in the season is pretty good uh, for J-Dub. I still think it goes up a little bit more than 12, you know, than, than you know, two shot attempts a game. But uh, he's he's still feeling things out. Like, like the whole team is feel, feeling things out uh, with, with how to kind of hunt their shots. I think that um, if you if you do see the Thunder settle with, what we saw more of against Detroit. So like against Detroit, the Thunder uh, staggered those three young guys of like Josh, J-Dub, Chet, and then staggered them against SGA and Dort. So uh, after the starting group got their run in, the bench group was either comp- had those three guys, of like the, let's call them the Youngs, or the two quote-unquote veterans of like SGA, Dort, uh, were on the court. So if you're going to play with that three-man pod more for J-Dub, he'll continue to increase his attempts. And you saw him kind of get more comfortable and more aggressive or assertive, whatever you want to call it, against Detroit. Now, tonight specifically might be a tough sled because of how big the Pelicans can play. But 
I think that he'll continue to progress. But still, if, even if he just goes and stays steady at a plus two uh, shot increase with all the variables of it's only year two and you're mixing now in Shut Holmgren, who has to get some touches, obviously, as well, and kind of seeing where you level off in that big picture, that's still a pretty good increase from him. Uh, Tony says, besides the starters, who's been your favorite lineup so far? Really good question. Uh, it's too early to back this up with lineup data. Uh, I, I don't think you can gain much from lineup data right now, uh, and we'll see where this kind of levels off levels off at moving forward. Uh, I think that you saw how well it can work against against Detroit, though. My favorite lineup besides the starters is Josh Giddy, Jason Wallace, J Dub, Usman Jang, and Chat. I think that that's a really good lineup, and it's a really fun lineup, especially with how Usman Jang's playing right now. Uh, Kaysen, of course, has been awesome to start the season. And I think that having these three guys staggered against SGA and Dort, it benefits them as like as like a three-man group and how and how they play. But it also complements this entire team because it's easier to craft a lineup around Lou Dort and SGA uh, than vice versa to where, you know, you can put a lot of different guys with that group, with those two guys, and it's going to be pretty successful because mainly because SGA is there and also because uh, Lou Dort has really adapted to this new offensive role of just shots at the rim or threes and then playing great defense. So uh, I, I love the the positioning of how the Thunder stagger these things. And I love the lineup of Josh Giddy, Casey Wallace, J-Dub, Usman Jang, and Chet Holmgren. Andrew asks, what does slob wizard mean? The new nickname for Josh Giddy. Uh, so uh, slob and blob are acronyms in basketball for sideline out-of-bounds play and baseline out-of-bounds play. So whenever you see the Thunder, you know, inbound the ball from the sideline, it's a slob. The baseline, it's a blob. Typically, though, not to get confused, if if the Pelicans score and the Thunder just put the ball back in play, that's not really a, a blob play necessarily. Typically, a blob play would be like whenever the ball goes out-of-bounds underneath your own basket and you got to toss it back in and, and get an action going, uh, you know, that's kind of the, the difference there. So slob and blob are like actual acronyms that everyone uses in the basketball world. However, Josh Giddy is insanely good at inbounding. He's an elite inbounder. I would say he's the best in the sport for my money. And he makes things happen on these plays. Like these are great plays for him. And so John Hollinger is commenting on how good Josh Giddy is at these slob plays. And he tweets out that Josh Giddy is a slob wizard, which if you deconstruct it, he is a wizard on inbound passes, and he is incredible. Him and Mark are incredible at sideline out-of-bounds plays. Like, this is a factual statement. However, when you can bind all those words together, it looks incredibly weird on paper. And so you can look at calling someone a slob wizard, and you can see how it inherently sounds pretty dirty, pretty not safe for work, had had some great chokes in it. Josh Giddy acknowledged how weird it sounds on Twitter. So people have ran with it, but... It is a factual opinion from John Hollinger. Odd, odd, odd way of describing what was happening. Uh, do you think that the Thunder will make a trade this year, even if it's just a minor trade? Yes. Uh, even independent of the James Harden trade, which you can kind of already count as a trade this year. It's going to be something. It might be something totally irrelevant and totally minor, such as like Darius Baisley and Poku, like, like where, where they moved on from Baisley. Um, because he was going to be an RFA and they weren't going to re-sign him. Maybe that happens. But even that knitted you back Dario Saric, who I thought made a difference uh, for the Thunder down the stretch after you acquired a couple uh, of seconds from Boston to send uh, Muscala to Boston. But yeah, something will happen. It, it might not be this grand, humongous blockbuster trade, but something I guarantee you uh, will happen. 
Uh, someone asked, why is Saar playing so much? Is it because Jabel is out? Yes. Uh, sports fan 405. Uh, I'm sorry. Sports Hogs fan. Hogs fan asked this. Uh, why is Saar playing so much? It is because of, of the lack of Jay Will and Kenneth Williams. Uh, I, I, I think that people can at times go too far with, with like Saar is like playing really well. He's playing serviceable. Uh, and, and you and you love to have Saar on this two-way deal because there's not many two-way guys who you look at a team that's already shallow in the front, in the front court depth. And let's look at this you know, right now. So a team that already lacks front court depth. They have Chet. There's no Jay Will. There's no Kenneth Williams. And Poku is just a, a non-factor right now. So basically, you have Chet and no one else behind them on the active roster. Your two-way guy, Olivier Saar, is giving you very valuable minutes to help you win basketball games. That is awesome, and not many two-way contract players would be that good in a, in a break glass in case of emergency standpoint. Now, once you get back in at Williams, once you get back to Jay Will, those minutes will, are going to be hard to come by because those guys are just simply better than Olivier Saar. Uh, and so I, I think that... Uh, Let's not go too far on like crowning Olivier Saar. He still has, of course, things to work on. But if and when things happen this season where you need, uh, you know, a big man in the pinch, Saar's good, and they trust Saar, and they and, and the coaches trust Saar, the players love Saar, and Saar is a really good player for this system, uh, and he has potential to to. Uh, he's still young enough to like if you could just get him to play more kind of fundamentally sound defense because he is a block chaser defensively. Uh, he can really kind of complete his game, uh, but he's still going to be a two-way guy that bounces back and forth between the blue and thunder. Uh, thunder. Speaking of the blue, Thunder Journal, last one for today. If you send in questions, there's a there's a big response today. I really appreciate that. Part two of this mailbag will be on Friday uh, as we preview the Warriors game in the in-season tournament. There's just a lot to get to today because of the Harden trade. So we're going to do the, uh, the the rest of the mailbag questions on Friday uh, as we preview the in-season tournament. So Thunder Journal says, what info do you have on OKC Blue Legend Kong Kong that people need answers? So the Thunder uh, G League team, the OKC Blue, put out their training camp roster. Uh, Kong Kong was the star of the show on this roster. He's a guard from Kentucky State uh, and also played in Emporia State and also, also played at Rochester uh, Junior College, so a traveling man in the college circuit. 6'6 guard, he has 190 pounds. At KSU, he had nine points, uh, four rebounds, a block, and a steal per game. He shot 32% from three, uh, but ultimately, he's a really good rim score, shot 63% at the rim. He's a really good catch-and-shoot guy, shot 35% on catch-and-shoot attempts. He has good bend to fight through screens and, and some really nice defensive chops. I think that Cam Woods can make him a really good defender. Uh, th this is going to be a guy who's like fun to follow because he does some athletic things, and, and, and his name is Kong Kong, for goodness sake. But uh, he, he's like going to be like a really good G League player and not necessarily – uh, someone who I think can translate to the NBA, but still awesome to be in the G League and to be a really good G League player. So we'll see how Kong Kong fares. Maybe he can surprise us. Who knows? But he is a really good name. Arguably, though, might not be a top three name of that blue roster. It's a really, really interesting roster for the blue name-wise even, much less uh, how good they are. So you can go check that out on Twitter uh, as well at Ryland underscore Styles. Blue Media Day, like I said, is this week. So we're going to talk to them and it'll be a lot of fun to reconnect with the blue and then the G league season will begin and we'll have it all for you here on lockdown thunder as needed. We're also going to have tonight's Pelicans recap here on lockdown thunder anywhere you get your podcast from, including on YouTube. And until then be good and be good to one another. Hey, prime members, you can listen to this lockdown podcast ad free 
free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.